Hello everybody, my name is Don and I am an alcoholic and a drug addict with over 20 years clean and sober. You're listening to our podcast, Drunks, where we discuss all things alcoholic and addictive. I am joined by my co-host tonight, Emma, and I'm an alcoholic. And today's guest is Lori, and I am an alcoholic and a drug addict. What'd you drink, uh, Lori? What? (laughs) (laughs) Said you're an alcoholic. What was your first drink? Oh, I don't know what my first drink was, except for it was probably either beer or it might have been a mixture of anything I could find in my parents' liquor cabinet. How old? Which was ah, I have no clue. I know, I know they say sometimes that if you don't remember your last drunk, then it's not your last drunk. And I don't really remember my first or my last one. <laughs> That's brave. But my favorite thing to drink was scotch. How'd you drink it? Straight. On the rocks? On the rocks. Nice. Good for you. I think that's the way to do it. Then you miss any of the bogus, you know? Mm-hmm. You just mm-hmm. get drunk. <laughs> How old were you when you started? When I started drinking? Yeah, just I think take my, a stab. probably my first one might have been in junior high sometime but I remember drinking my dad's beer he'd give me a sip of it he always put salt in his cans of beer what what make it foamy oh and then and then I would have a sip and I always like the salt on the top but it was only just a little sip was but I want to talk about salt was that a thing Everybody just put salt on everything back yeah, in the day. I think so. I think so. Okay, because I feel like my yeah. grandfather tomatoes, yes, melon, melons, watermelon, yeah, any fruit or vegetable, yeah, or sandwich, yeah, and now alcohol, <laughs> like a margarita yeah. or like tequila. Oh, yeah. It's like oh, salt is supposed to go with these things. I did not know it could also be included in beer. Mm. What drug were you addicted to? Cocaine. When did you start doing that? Oh, um, I think seriously when I was in my early 20s. Um, it was uh, probably when, I think when it became a problem was when I met my soon-to-be husband at the time. And uh, he, he was freebasing cocaine and I, I quickly became addicted to it. And that lasted for many years. So that was when it was it became a problem. And I was probably um, maybe maybe 20, 19 or 20. Were you like in college? I was in college, yes. How'd that work out, being uh, freebasing and going to college? Um, <laughs> uh, I, I dropped out of college about that time. <laughs> As opposed to dropping out of freebasing. <laughs> It wasn't the first or last time I, I dropped out of college, but now I have a master's degree, just to throw that in. <laughs> master's degree in what? Um, geology. Oh, yeah, right. You're a <clears throat> geologist. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to get something cleared up between you and me, and that is um, uh, exactly how tall are you? Oh, 5'10", just are over 5'10". Yeah, I re- yeah, this woman is like, like yeah. looking me in the eyes. When I talk yes, to <laughs> yes. When did you finally decide that you had a problem? Um, I. Did you marry this man? I did marry that man. And he was like uh, freebasing at the wedding. I mean, how's that work? 
walking um, I can't I don't remember if he was at the wedding or not I'm sure there was cocaine at the wedding but I don't remember him freebasing at the wedding or after it immediately after it but I, I we had um we stayed at my mom and dad's before the wedding and there was somebody that came to their door um some dealer that my uh husband um owed money to and kind of threatened us and I think that we didn't we were supposed to stay around after the wedding and we ended up kind of being on the run and leaving immediately (laughs) your honeymoon is spent on the lamb yeah I mean I don't know that there was much of a honeymoon planned anyway but we left a little quicker than expected did you did your parents know about the encounter at the house yes they did and how did they feel about it I I I I'm sure that they were not happy about it. I think they were not especially happy about the wedding um, period, but they were wanted me to be happy and it was what I wanted. Um, and they probably didn't know details. Sure, yeah. What you don't know can't hurt you, maybe yeah. a little bit. Yeah. That's funny. Is that what you asked me, Don, or did you ask me more of a question how I knew I had a problem yeah when did it become a problem um I was this would have been several years later um probably of continuous cocaine usage um it would be it would there would be periods when I thought that I needed to stop and I would stop uh, or we would both stop, but I, we would always end up using again eventually. So there were probably periods in there where we were not freebasing cocaine, but we were always drinking and, and smoking pot at the same time. Um, but I think I was in, I w- it would have been later 20s um, when I decided that I really did have a problem. Um, and were you I, still married? Yeah, I was still married. Um, and it was, it, it got pretty bad. I remember uh, I, I ended up going home to my parents first to say that I had a problem. Um, what they say? Because, well, I, I was looking for some help. I wanted to come home. I wanted to come home and stay home so that I could stay clean. And uh, they, I, I think rightly so, did not want me in their house. Um, uh, and also felt that I should go back to my husband, and they thought that I should get help. Um, and I ended up going back home. I was hurt and disappointed in that, but I, I did end up going back uh, to to my husband and eventually going to the doctor and then went into treatment. The doctor? What? The doctor. My, my regular physician. Okay. And what did you do? Like tell him or her that was it a he? It was a he. Or did you just tell him that you think you're addicted or whatever? I mean, <laughs> I, I think I had, Who made that decision that you were? I think I had originally gone into the doctor because I'd stopped getting my period. Mm-hmm. And I was worried that... I was kind of worried about that. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. So were you so, like... What's the concern? Were you... I just thought... Really was, thin? Oh yeah, I was very, very thin. Gaunt. I was gaunt, and I, I w- so I was worried about that. Yeah. And then in that conversation, I think I blurted out, and also I think, yeah, my parents had come to visit me once in between there, um, like again encouraging me to get some help, and things were getting bad enough that I was getting kind of desperate. So I think at that point 
it just gave me the opportunity to blurt out that I needed some help. To the doctor, and then and then you went into uh, detox rehab. Yes, I did. How long were you in detox? I I think you know close like twenty eight days or whatever the insurance covers. Ooh. It, then it was probably a little more generous than it is today. Yeah. I mm-hmm. think you get three days now for detox. Yeah. Rehab is an additional. Program. Yeah, and that was that was in eighty six. So. How many years you have? think 33 but 33 that's mm-hmm. a lot yeah but you're like you know you're like him in the in the sense that you kind of caught it young i mean i'm coming from a guy from a position of a guy that lost it to put it back that this discovered the problem he had when he was 50 and i like him one of my wills will never regret the past and I wish to close <laughs> the door on it you know and i do both all the time i oh, miss yeah. all that squandered time yeah well i think no matter how much time you waste you still kind of think about that so even if it's not very long you know yeah I'll, I'll say <laughs> there are a lot yeah. of productive things I could have done yeah because I got clean at 28 wow and but at 28 I felt old you know it was beat down so because of your addiction though right yeah as opposed to your 28 yeah 28 felt old then did you get your health back too Oh, yeah, I'm quite healthy. You Thank are you. very healthy. <laughs> I'm just still Yes, I am very, very healthy. <laughs> Good. Mm-hmm. And so you, you went to treatment for almost a month. Mm-hmm. And then how did meetings weave their way in from there? Oh, meetings. Well, when I got out of treatment, I moved in to my in-laws. Well, first of all, they put me in a halfway house in... Um, in Chicago, in Rogers Park, uh, in Chicago. And for me, um, that seemed a little bit rough. And you know, my, my roommate was scary, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and the group of women that were in there were very tough. So, you know, I, I was scared of them all. And I, I pretty much asked my in-laws if I could please come home. And, you know, most people, you know, well, they went right along with that and let me um, let me come home and live with them. Um, their son, who I was married to, obviously, um, did not stop drinking and using. The whole business that his parents invested in, everything kind of collapsed. Um, so in that I was in their home, in that they'd lost a lot of money, and that their son was still on the lam and using and causing havoc. Um, my only escape besides going to work was going to meetings. So I went to a meeting every day for a very long time. Wow. How long were you in Rogers Park? I'm guessing under a week. (laughs) (laughs) It must have been scary. (laughs) I was very scared there. Not that it probably was not really that scary, but for me it was really uncomfortable. Yeah, it was yeah, I mean, I don't know. What's the dynamic like with in-laws, though? I mean, it's hard enough with your straight-up parents. Uh, they liked me a lot, Don. <laughs> and I think they always thought of their son as being some somewhat of a good-for-nothing. Not really, that's probably extreme, but he was, he was always a problem child, so I don't think they were surprised by too much. Um, and in some ways, you know, they, they should have known. Um, there were all the signs were there, but um, they they loved me. I think they saw me as as a true victim, and they they wanted to have me under their wing. But there was still 
that um, that tension of you better do the you know we want to help you but you better be on your toes and do yeah. the right thing. Meanwhile, their son is yeah <laughs> rocking around in the same house. Oh no, not in the house. They oh, were, he wasn't. No, no, no. Yeah, we lost our lease wherever we were. I don't even remember how that all played out. But he was. I went to I went to see him at one point while I was living with my in-laws and he was living out of the you know a car and he was on the streets and he was he was around and about some but not much not much wow. certainly not in their house okay I didn't understand that dynamic yeah what was the early days like early days of early sobriety early days of sobriety were you like uh, twitchy or uh... I don't remember Obsessed. being twitchy. Um, I remember being uh, really just kind of connected. Um, there weren't a lot of meetings in Chicago at that time for Cocaine Anonymous, so I went to that once a week. I went to Narcotics Anonymous, and I went also went to Alcoholics Anonymous. I was out in the western suburbs, so... Um, I went to a variety of meetings. Did you ever go to any conferences? I think that I did, but not, you know, I don't have really recollections, recollections of them. We remember countdowns of sobriety yeah. and things like that, but it wasn't, it wasn't a, something that I was too into. Are you a sponsor? Do you sponsor ladies? Yes. What's that like? <laughs> What is it like, Lori? <laughs> well, I feel a little on the spot. I sponsor, right now I'm sponsoring, I would say, two people. I've sponsored some in the women in the past that sort of resurface here and there. Um, and, <laughs> and then I sponsor um, two women who I adore that have strong sobriety, one of them being our dear friend, Emma. Mm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for sponsoring. Yeah, so I feel so sponsorship sponsoring somebody is like wonderful. I it's the kind of thing that I always uh, when somebody asks me, I usually cringe and think, "Oh no. Damn. I don't yeah. want to do it." <laughs> but I would say once once I settled into it, not only does it help me stay sober, um it really can be a wonderful experience and the two women that I sponsor, I dearly love. We love you. And on that note, we have to take a quick break. And we're back. That was fast. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> blink of an eye. But one question I still have about the early days before diverting too much. So what was early fellowship like for you? Was there a lot of diners, oh. a lot of pie? Really? Because when yeah, I got was... sober in Chicago, I was always like at a 24-hour diner yeah. after a meeting. There was some of that. Um, I was... I had a sponsor that I would do things with. I had kind of a core group of friends that I would run around and do things with. Um, I remember like mostly one diner, which oh, I can't even tell you where it was. It might have been in Geneva. Sure. Someplace maybe. 
um, I don't know, someplace out, out west. And um, yeah, I remember being there constantly. So I don't remember a lot of different diners and it wasn't in Chicago, it was definitely in the suburbs. Still. Um, and, but it was, it was good. Also that I was really like 12 stepped by somebody, like a classic 12 step and um, a friend, a, a girlfriend that I worked with set me up with him and he was, he was uh, a well-known big drug dealer. And so it was somebody that I respected. And so he took me to my first meeting um, and he was at a lot of the meetings and he was very handsome and very funny and articulate and was very interesting. So I think that kind of like gave me a little bit of a hook. Yeah. Um, so there was that. Plus I had a sponsor that I liked and a core group of friends that I ran around with. That's so cool. Sometimes you need that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I had and I had some older friends, too, considering that I was, you know, in my early or my late 20s. Um, I had some older friends because I started going to AA pretty much at the same time. And so I also had some older friends. Hmm. How did you choose your first sponsor? Oh, I don't even remember. But uh, I she was um, I think she was very gentle and very mothering. Um, <clears throat> I think she would be, she was the kind of person that would, you know, if you were um, making amends to people, she would make sure that I put myself at the very top of the list. Aww. You know, she was she was very kind and, and sweet and soft and comforting. That, those are such beautiful qualities. Yeah, it was, it was good. I think I probably needed that. Yeah, you don't feel like you would have thrived with like a big book, kind of. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think yeah, so. Yeah, that's a that's always an option for some people. Yeah, I think people kind of seek out what what suits them. Yeah, Don, did you ever have a sponsor that was really like? No, I've just had the one sponsor who lives now in Pasadena, mm -hmm. and I emailed him the other day. Could we interview you over the phone? And he said, Yeah, no problem. So good. But his name was uh, Nils. Mm -hmm. He had a sister that lived in Des Moines, so we had that in common also. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I think I've told you about my sponsor. He yeah. was like, he was like, the you know where he was? He was not a book thumper. He wasn't like a meeting monster. He was all about just stay uh, uh, clean and sober. Don't drink or use no matter what. Yeah. And, you know, and that was one thing that I, uh, you know, like swore by. That's, that's great. Because early on, that's an interview about me. Early okay on, uh, you know, I was like really angry, and you know, I was a primary candidate for like relapse. Man, out of my way! I'm going to relapse. I'm taking a relapse break right now, <laughs> but that never happened. And you know, I mean, once I got detox, I never went ever went back. Mm -hmm. And me I'm glad too. for that because you can't. When, it, when you're a slave to it, it's both, It's like the first 10 minutes is great. Um, God, what was it? I'll think of it. There's a comedian that talked about if you do cocaine, it makes you a new man. And then the new man needs cocaine. <laughs> and, uh, and I thought, yeah, I'd do this. Yeah, I'm impressed. Like, my experience was it took me a few times to find a sponsor that had the style that suited me, you know? And I think my, the messaging I got in my first year a lot, which was 
to a certain extent good and helpful, but it was, you know, like don't change sponsors. But oh, yeah. no, I, I did change sponsors like five times, <laughs> five or six times. No, I've heard, you know, I fired my sponsor, you know, or my sponsor fired me, you mm-hmm. know, I've heard of that. But, the, but you want someone that you can work with. Mm-hmm. And the thing about my sponsor, Nils, is that we were like a, a, a pretty, very much of the same mindset. And we got along really well together, and uh, I thought he was a pretty cool guy. So, uh, you know, and I still um, text him once in a while, email him once in a while. Yeah. And it goes a long way when you have someone who's sponsoring you and you want what they have, you know. Yeah. I think that's important. Well, Lori, you know, one of the things that, that uh, on occasion I've been, people ask me to be their sponsor. Mm-hmm. Not often. But... <laughs> But once in a while, you know, and I'm like, you know, it's like, no, I don't want to be your sponsor. I have a hard enough time with my own program without taking on yours. But every once in a while, like this friend of mine's son, uh, he showed up in one of our meetings. He came over to me. You know who I am? I'm Craig Larson's son. Oops. We'll have to edit that out. I'm blah, blah, blah. I'm blah, blah, blah. And I and I said, oh, geez, Chris, well, I haven't seen you since you were like on a skateboard and et cetera. And um, he didn't really ask me to be a sponsor or anything, but he kept in touch with me. He lives up in uh, somewhere else. And, uh, you know, and like the other day he relapsed on his one year birthday. And I thought, well, that's bogus, you know, and it it makes you angry. But what can you do? You know, and, you know, and so I just like, well, we don't shoot our wounded. And uh, (laughs) and he said, you know, my sponsor just told me that. And I said, (laughs) yes, he's loading the gun. You know, I don't know, man. So that, I mean, for being a sponsor, I commend you for that because it's like, um, I think it's, it's like you're taking on extra baggage. It could be risky. Yeah. One of my sponsors had told me that I can't, I can't make anybody drink nor than, nor can I make them not drink and that my role is just to light the path. And so I think of it that way, you know, I try to share what I do and what I have done, um, but I don't, I don't have any sense of having any control over the other person, or or responsibility if they go out drinking again. Yeah. It would make me sad, but I don't. I wouldn't take it on and feel guilty. I think that's a healthy mindset because otherwise you're slipping into codependency issues well and it's also very self-important if you know if i yeah, think that i can control your drinking you know, we have a couple of people in our in our in our program that you know you think they're god's gift to aa or something that you know they, uh, and i always find those people tedious and irritating right everybody does <laughs> apparently not everybody because they continue to do it <laughs> yeah yeah i don't have patience for people like that well, and what's the part in the big book when it's like the, the story about the actor and the director mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you're trying to always position people and yeah. control them and yeah, step three. Yeah, yeah, and the idea that well, and then resenting people when they don't follow like yes. your plan. Yeah, and so my, I, you want to leave drag that into all areas of your life Mm -hmm. even with the people you sponsor yeah Uh, so are you feeling okay about this 
Yeah, yeah, it seems okay. Yeah, that, I was a little concerned just that transition from work because, you know, work I'm doing what seems like important things that are very far away from being a drunk. And and uh, also, I have, you know, like the, so many years of sobriety and it's not something that I carry around with me even though like a big badge. most of my friends are in AA, you know, or in sobriety. Um, but I don't as, you know, it's, seems distant sometimes well i'm, a, I'm you know i i don't care who knows the pat my past i mean i don't like want to discuss it over coffee someday but you know i don't care <laughs> and we uh have uh not a, i don't say a difficult time but it's more of a chore but we find these people that that will not want ex- want to share their experience strength and hope oh yeah and uh and i totally appreciate that you've uh, taken the time to do that for us Happy to, Don. Thanks for asking me. I know it's always a pleasure. Hey, it's always good to see you. <laughs> Any day I get to see Lori is a good day. <laughs> too sweet. <laughs> it's true. Um, I'm trying to think. What are there any things like you want to throw in for the people <laughs> or your fans? <laughs> um. Um, Any important uh, anecdotes or anything? Life is really good today. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm very happy. I feel very lucky. Um, I've got a good life. Uh, and I do my best not to regret the past. Uh, because things are really good today. And it took me everything that I've been through to get where I am today. So, pretty good. Well, that uh, pretty much closes out our time. Uh, Remember, people, don't drink or use no matter what. Keep coming back.